0: Who got a deal in Black Friday? Black Friday sales. Put your hand up if you bought something for cheaper than it should have been. Yes? Okay. Keep your hand up. Did you save more than 50%? Anyone save more than 50%? Ooh. Well, I had something on my mind. All this year, uh, I've been thinking, I need to get a new computer screen for home, because the one that I have had I bought 12 years ago and it's not known to be uh, colour accurate, as they say in the business. And, um, so, and I've been shooting wedding videos and I want to make sure that when I edit them that they look how they should, you know, the, the colours need to come through properly. So I've been thinking I need to get a screen. And I had my eyes on a screen six months ago, but it's too expensive. It's $1,200. And I thought... When I'm going to wait for Black Friday sales, and when Black Friday sales come around, I'm going to pounce. And then this screen went on sale this week, and it was down to $340, 70% off, or over 70%. And I told uh, my friend Jordan Wisniewski, I was like, mate, this screen is so cheap. I know he wanted one and he was like, I'm going to buy one too. He's like, wait there, I'm going to come to the church and we're going to, you know, add it to the card and we're, we're going to get this, we're going to both, you know, save on shipping. And we were so excited and he got to the church and we were talking about, you know, oh, we could use it for this and this and it has this feature and this feature. And then we decided, all right, it's time to buy. And as soon as I went to click buy, I was literally moving my mouse and it changed and said sold out. And what a gut-wrenching feeling. Who has had a feeling like that before? You missed out on a sale or um, something sort of similar. And, I went home that day, I was like, I was trying not to think about it, but I mean, how could you not think about saving $700? Uh, and, and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And so many things had gone right that day, but for some reason, that really put me off. And I even got home and Hannah was like, how was your day? And I was like, oh, not great. And then I realized, actually it was really good, but just this one thing is kind of tainting it all. And I still had that feeling in my gut. And for those of you who don't know the feeling, I have a video to show you. This is a Vine compilation. Who's old enough to have watched Vines? When they were through the Vine app, uh, this is a this is a Vine combina- uh, compilation called "Too Slow." Let's watch. So if there was audio, it would be up high, down low, all oh, too slow. And then he misses it and he's just thinking about it all day when he's in the shower, when he's in bed, and then it happens again the next day and he just has that feeling of like, ooh, and I can just see that seething pain that he has on the inside. I relate to, anyone can relate to that sort of feeling. And you're thinking about something all day and all night. And that's why I've called my message Crippling Pain Analysis, Sometimes this happens to us. We go through a hard situation and we go through some crippling pain analysis. We can't help but be thinking about it. I was thinking about this screen. If only, if only I didn't wait until I was with Jordan. If only I just clicked by, you know, just made that decision, just did it. And maybe you've been in a situation like that before where perhaps you're part of a sporting club. Who part of a sporting club here? and you miss the game-winning goal, and you go home and all you think about is, man, if I just dodge right, curved, man, oh, that, would have been a, that would have won the game. That would have been amazing. The game's gone. You don't have the opportunity to play that game again. But for some reason, you think about it just for the rest of the day. Becky said she works in retail uh, a few years ago. Who here works in retail or has worked in retail? Okay, we have all, we have all thought about what we could have said back to the customer, That angry customer who came and and had this to say and this to say and this to say, I had a customer come in asking and demanding for a refund for a pool that they bought and I loved the moment when they finally stopped talking and I said, yeah, that, that brand of pool is only sold at Kmart. You bought this at Kmart, not at Sam's warehouse. <laughs> and she stormed out. That was the only time I've ever gotten it perfect. Every other time I've gone home and I've sat in the shower and I've rehearsed and rehearsed the argument. We've all done this before. We go home and, and, and we sit and we have crippling pain analysis. Those are, you know, a few funny things, but maybe it's you fail a subject uh, and you just sit there and you think about, if only I'd studied that different chapter. Or maybe you ended a relationship and you thought, ah, oh, if only I'd paid, you know, more attention or bought more gifts or, you know, this, that, or the other. Or, or maybe you'd, you've just left a trade or an industry of work that you poured so much of your life into. And you're thinking, man, if only I'd chosen a different path at the Careers Expo. Um, this is what was on Gabe's story today, Gabe's Instagram story. It's a picture of someone saying, Picking a uni course at 16 and 17 is absolutely ridiculous. Who here agrees? It's like, man, I'm way too young to be thinking about this. And this is what Gabe said. He said, yeah, uh, I nearly chose astrophysics because I thought I could manage it. And he recognises right now, imagine if I chose astrophysics, I would not be in a good spot. (laughs) Luckily for him, his hindsight is positive. But, you know, for some of us, we think, man, if only I hadn't sunk so much time into this degree and it's something that I didn't even want to do. Our natural tendency is to go over and over situations that we've had in our life. And if it didn't end up positive, then we relive it in our brains with the version of the story that we'd prefer. We want to feel success, even if we can only feel it through a dream. And some of us end up being completely unable to move forward in life because the pain is never truly resolved. Yes, you've resolved that pain through a hypothetical situation where you won the argument or you did this and you did that. But we create a narrative in our brain of the only way that this pain would have been dealt with is if I did something different in the past. But the thing about the past, I don't need to, you know, Captain Obvious here, you can't change the past. And those opportunities are never going to come to fruition again. In John chapter 9, we see an example of people coming in and analyzing the past pretty heavily. John chapter 9 verse 1 says, as Jesus was walking along the road, he saw a man who was born blind. Born blind. So it doesn't sound like he can do anything about this, because he was born blind. And the disciples are like, hey, Rabbi, what, what happened to this man that he would be born blind? Did he sin or did his parents sin? What caused him to be born blind? And the disciples here, they're digging into the past. They're trying to figure out what went wrong. I don't know if maybe they're going, if we can figure out what made him be born blind, then we can avoid ourselves being born blind. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, even if they figured it out, it's not like they had a time machine where it's, like, oh, Jesus gave us the answer. It's because of his sin. So let's go back to the time when he sinned. and we can, f-. Like, you, they couldn't have fixed it. They were psychoanalyzing the past, and it was stopping them from seeing something different that Jesus saw. Verse 3 says, Jesus said to them, neither this man sinned nor his parents sinned, that he would be born blind. But actually, this happened so that the works of God could be displayed in him. And I don't particularly, uh, I don't know if I I fully grasp that, that sentence that Jesus said, but I know that... I know where he was directing people. And he was directing the disciples to say it's not about that. You thought they even boxed themselves in. It's either him's, his sin or his parents' sin. And Jesus was like, it's n- nothing to do with that at all. So first off, he was he was myth busting. He's like, if you're in pain, it's not because of a sin, all right? Can we get that through our head? It's not because of a mistake that you were that you made or this that the other. Stuff just happens sometimes. You he was born blind. And then Jesus goes on to say this after he said This happened so the works of God could be seen in him. He said, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming when no one can work. But while I'm here, I'm the light of the world. But while I'm here in the world, I'm the light of the world. So Jesus refuses to dig into the past. But he says, hey, while it's daylight... Can we do something about this? While, while we can work on this, let's do something about it. Let's not let this cripple us. Let's move forward. And then verse six says, he spit on the ground, made mud with his saliva, and this guy's blind, so, you know, he's hearing this, and I have no idea what he's thinking. And, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And I thought, this is kind of gross, but also this guy's blind, so it's not like he really cares about his eyes. What is he going to use them for anyway? And then Jesus told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. That word just means sent. And so the man went and he came back seeing. So there's this amazing miracle here. Jesus has healed him, but it wasn't just a healing on the spot. There was a bit of a process. The guy had to go and wash. And then the people that knew him, his neighbors who knew him as a blind beggar, they asked each other, hey, isn't isn't this that guy? Wasn't he begging? Didn't he ask me yesterday if I had some spare change? Didn't he see me with a six-pack of cinnamon rolls and ask if he could have one of them? Like, isn't, this the, isn't that the beggar? Isn't that the guy? What's interesting is that the people didn't recognize him because they had let his pain become the definition of who he was. He wasn't Tom, the guy with black hair. The verse literally says, we knew him as a blind beggar. So if you're going through pain, I wonder how you identify yourself. Because this guy didn't identify himself as a blind beggar, because he, he didn't sit there and just go, oh, sorry, Jesus. I know that you've just made that mud. Thank you so much for going to the effort, um, you know, sacrificing your saliva like that. But uh, you don't understand I'm born blind. Like, that wasn't his identity. Perhaps it was, but, he, but he, when he encountered Jesus, he saw that something could change. So how are you going to identify yourself? Are you happy being the person who's in the pain that you're in now? Or are you ready to be able to say to people, yeah, I, I used to be that. But I got something different. Jesus did a work in my life. Just made that song up. <laughs> New praise song, New Hope Creative. Some said that he was, and others said, no, 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 he, he, it's not actually him, it just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, no, yes, it's me, I'm the same person. I am the same person. And all these people kept asking and asking about this guy. You know, your new identity, when you find healing in Jesus Christ, it's going to hold weight with people around you. It's going to hold weight with people who knew who you were before. The testimony that Kai shared before, people who know Kai, who knew Kai before he found Jesus are gonna say, Aren't you the guy that this, 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 and this? And he's gonna be able to say, Yeah, but God did something in my life. Your new identity is going to hold weight with the people around you. So are you ready to move forward from the identity of being the blind beggar? of being that person who's stuck in pain. They asked him, who healed you and what happened? And he said, the man that they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I washed and now I can see. And where is he now, they asked. And he said, I don't know. So what an amazing story of an encounter with Jesus. This man's been pulled from his life as a blind beggar. Now he can see. And I want to look at a few things about the pain that he was in and the role that that pain played in the rest of his life. The first thing I want us to realize is that the most significant discovery that we can make about our pain is what God can do with it. Too often we psychoanalyze our pain and we try and think about who is to blame. That's what the disciples did. Who sinned here? Was it this man's parents or was it this was it this man himself? But actually the more significant revelation is what God can do with your pain. Yes, it's good to see to, to, to look into your past and figure out what happened and why did things go wrong, but that can't be the only thing that you do. There has to be an equal balance where you go, okay, yes, I understand where I was, how I got here, so that I don't fall into that mistake again or Uh, I I can avoid that situation in the future. But I'm going to look for what God can do next. And that's what Jesus did. I um, uh, I I love the attitude that Jesus had here. And sometimes when we end up in pain, our conversation with God is dominated by why. It's like, God, I don't understand why this happened. Why did this happen to me? And why did this happen while I was trying to work through this other thing? And why did this ha- have to happen to me when my bank account balance was at $3 already? And why did this have to happen to me while I, my phone battery went flat? Or I don't know, whatever thing that you're going through. But we, we're so busy trying to diagnose our pain quite often. I look at some of my prayers to God and I think, man, I was just so busy asking why. I was so busy asking, was it the sin of me or was it the sin of my parents? And Jesus is there saying, hey, it's daylight. Let's do some work. Let's do the the work of the Father while I'm here. The more significant thing for us to ponder is what God can do through our pain. I got a photo here of my cousin, David. He's the one just on the floor there, hanging out with a bunch of guys from church. And um, he had an amazing story. He was addicted to drugs, and he had gone through rehab, and he was 18 months clean. For anyone who's had an addiction of that sort, you know that's just an amazing testimony. And he was inspiring so many of his friends to become clean. Heard story after story of people who chose to go to rehab and get clean because of what he did. He was having a positive impact through the pain that was in his life. Three years ago, he passed away, and my auntie, his mum... Was suffering a loss that I can't imagine, losing a son. And she kept saying to me and to our family, everyone, she's the mum, and I was like bawling my eyes out. And she was saying to me, "Hey, David's death is not in vain. I can already see that God is going to use his life to help others." I even have a screenshot of what she sent through to the group chat. This is. This is the day after he passed away. She said, the enemy planned this for evil, but God is going to turn it for good. We are going to see lives change. And I look up to that attitude. She had probably the most pain that she'd ever felt in her life up until that point. But she had an attitude of going, I'm not going to sit here and try and analyze why this happened, but I know that God's going to use this for good. And we invited friends of of David and those who knew him. We had a funeral right here in, in the church and When we shared, we spoke of God's goodness wherever we could, and we sung a song called See a Victory um, by Elevation Worship, which does talk about God turning things for good. And we got this message from somebody later that day. You have reinstalled my faith today in God at the service, and in reinstalled my faith that God can heal, and in his healing, I want to say thank you, and I want to bless your whole family. So through some of the most tumultuous times that our family has faced, we were able to use the pain for good. Someone was able to find themselves reunited with faith in Jesus Christ. And my auntie would come back and say to us week after week, someone's heard about David's story. We had an article in the paper and they, um, they started coming back to church. They live uh, in another city. So um, I never saw that, but she was continually passing these things on to me. The most significant thing that you can do with your pain is ask what God can do with it and then act on it. That was a word that my auntie had received. She really felt that was from God and she didn't just sit around and wallow in pain. She processed it in the way that she needed to, but she chose to act on it. She chose to act with an attitude that God is going to do something here. And you have no idea what can be done through your pain. It may be to help you and it may be to help others. Maybe you felt extreme loneliness I know that God can use you and he can use your pain and your, um, your life story to bring belonging and connectedness to others. Maybe you've lost a loved one. God can use you to comfort others who are going through loss. Maybe you've made mistakes that's destroyed your life. God can use you to show others what a life redeemed looks like. So a few questions for us. What pain have you gone through? Are you in, maybe you're in pain now. Maybe you're in the middle of a hard situation. Or maybe you have pain in your past. What pain do you have? I think too often we just box it up and try and push it away. But you know God wants to use the rough stuff too. God doesn't want to just use um, our strengths that we would write down on our resume. He wants to use the weaknesses. He wants to use the pain and the hard parts of our life as well. Are you willing to take the cover off and see how God might use that pain? I know it's... It's hard for me to even talk about my cousin because I'm, in a sense, still processing it, but I know that I've, got to, I've just got to do it. I've got to take the cover off. I've got to be willing to face that pain in the eyes and, and just see how God might use it. Maybe the question you need to answer is about your trust. Do you even trust God with your pain? Sometimes we think we're the only ones who know ourselves well enough to be able to use Uh, to be able to move forward from pain. But actually, God knows the path forward. And I want to encourage you that when we can look at that pain, when we can look at where that pain came from, um, yes, it's helpful, but it's going to be so much more helpful when we start to ask of God, what are you going to do with this pain? Whose life is going to be changed because of this pain that I've gone through? I want to look really quickly my second thought is about our story and the power of today. And we've got to choose that when we go through pain that we let today represent the start of a new story, not the end of an old one. Too often, just because of the way that psychology works, everybody here is in the most latest day of your life. So we all think this is kind of, in one sense, it kind of feels like the end of the story so far. But really, I don't think anyone's walking out of here today and going to close the book there's so many days ahead of us. This, is, this can be the start of a new arc in your story. This can be the start of a new chapter, as cliche as that is. Some of us act as if today is the last day, but God can take that pain and he can use it as a pivotal point in your story and you can watch the arc of your story just, abs- just go upwards and upwards and upwards. That blind beggar encountering Jesus, that's the first mention of him in the scriptural narrative. So when we look at the Bible, pain was the start of his story. And what God did with it was the end of the story. It wasn't someone who found, started off good and found themselves in pain. And his neighbours even said in verse eight, his neighbours who knew him as a blind beggar. And he had to say to them, no, I've been transformed. My real story actually starts now. This pain, is not where my story ends. Are you willing to say that of your story today? This pain is not where my story ends. This is actually square one. This is where I move from. God is here. Healing is next. I think about Thomas Edison, who was trying to invent a machine that records conversations. It was called a phonograph. Uh, after he got this picture taken, he went around and he was like, look at this phonograph. No, Um that's a phonograph. And what happened was he tried to record conversations for business purposes, like to take minutes in a meeting, that sort of stuff. And it was just terrible. It was absolutely terrible. He tried to say Mary had a little lamb and it came out as Ari and L M. And he was like, what? Felt like a bit of a failure. But then they actually discovered when they played music through it, it was the best recording device that really perfectly reproduced uh, the music that was placed into it whether it be dubstep or otherwise Uh, and so from that moment he invented the phonograph and later on the attachment that went to it to turn it into a record player, this was the original thing that would record records and he said this just because something doesn't do what you planned it to do doesn't mean that it's useless. We we might not be able to see purpose in our pain, but God he's going to turn it for good. When God redeems your pain, it's not through analyzing the past or altering history or going back to that point where it all somehow seemed to go wrong. He takes today as the start and works on the next version of you. So, the question for us is, are we ready to go into the next chapter? Or are we trying to live in the chapters gone? He told the man, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And so the man went and washed. He didn't delay. He went straight away. I don't see him talking back to Jesus in this story saying, you don't understand. I can't see. I'm actually blind. My story is over. This is the end of my story. He's like, hey, let's go. And he goes and he gets gets healed. And it makes me think about Psalm 23, verse one, which says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I don't need anything else if I have got God as my shepherd. But then what's what's the next part of that verse? He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. I'm not going to find those peaceful streams. I'm not going to find that future if I don't let God lead me to them. You've got, yes, you might have pain in your life. Yes, you might have this circumstance and this circumstance. But if God's your shepherd, That is all that you need. So do you believe that God can give purpose to your pain? Are you ready to obey God, even though you thought you had reached the end of your story? Do you see today as the end of your story or the beginning of a new character arc? And most importantly, what are the places that God can take you from today? Not from yesterday when it all went wrong. Not from that missed opportunity in the past. Let's stop thinking about that and how things could have changed back then. And let's just focus on today because opportunity exists in the now. And later on, we see that verse where the people are like, hey, who healed you? And he's like, it's Jesus. And they're like, where is Jesus now? And he said, I don't know. Imagine if he waited. Imagine if he waited around. Jesus was gone. The opportunity that exists today is so important.